Welcome to the Young Money Podcast with Ross Murray. So on today's episode, I have with me Matt McGregor. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ross. So you just got back from Hawaii, checking out the Pipe Masters. How was that? It was good. Spent nearly two weeks over there, went for Pipe, saw two days of it, the Invitational, and then one day of round one. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the time, just lounged around on the beach and did nothing. First time there? First time there as an adult. Yeah. My family took me over there when I was 10 or 11, and I, I barely remember much of what I did when I was 10 or 11. So it was nice to get in there with, with fresh eyes, awesome. adult concept, and be able to drink beers. Yeah. And see much of the surfing or not? Uh, saw the Hawaiian locals. So they get two invitationals. Um, so 32 of the Hawaiian boys line up. So I saw them absolutely tear it apart. Yeah. And then saw round one, 12 heats, and then it was done pretty much. Yeah. The rest of the days, it was literally too big to surf. Yeah, right. It was blown out. For yeah, it was just and get a couple of good surfs in. Surfed a wave called Sunset when it was absolutely giant, um, and it was terrifying. <laughs> yeah, got a few good good sessions where I realised you know where the next level yeah. is in kind of bigger surf. Yeah, uh, and you know how what we get here is really nothing compared to what else is out there. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, how do you how do you usually introduce yourself? What do you what's your kind of spiel? My spiel to clients or just to someone I meet just randomly. Just to someone you meet. Uh, I don't really focus on me at all. Yeah. I go, hey, I'm Matt. You know, what's your name? Nice to meet you. And then, you know, it inevitably ends up with, what do you do? Yeah. At directed at them or some form of that, and then I'll just focus on them until they think to ask about me, <laughs> and, and if, we go if, from there. If they do ask, what do you what do you do? I say I'm a mortgage broker uh, and most people go, what's that? And, you know, from there, it's, I help people find a home loan, yeah. essentially. Uh, it's really as simple as that. And how long have you been doing that? Just over two years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy it? Interesting? It's good. It's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's harder than you think to get a loan through for a lot of people. They have weird jobs, weird income, stuff like that. So, yeah. You're always learning, um, and banks are always changing. You know what they'll accept, so it's it's kind of a never-ending cycle. Best bit about it is just meeting new people, building relationship with people, and guiding them through what is a pretty stressful process. Definitely for a lot of people buying a house. And usually the first time as well, like first timers, or they're my favourite clients because yep. with them it's a real education piece. They know nothing. Uh, the real estate agent generally will shut up shop and stop talking to them once they've signed the contract. Yeah. The conveyancer generally won't do much except talk through the legal stuff. So that it often falls on me and other brokers to kind of hold their hand throughout the process and yeah. tell them it's going to be okay. Uh, so there, yeah, first home buyers would be my favorite clients, but deal with pretty much everything you can imagine. Uh, you know, a guy on his fifth property, someone just looking to get a cheaper interest rate. Yeah consolidating a few credit cards that have been built up over Christmas, you know, and then strategies for planners as well. So that could be setting up equity so that, that the planner can then invest that as part of a financial plan. So it's pretty different. Pretty broad. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your what's your background? What, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? 
Grew up on the Sunshine Coast, a little beach town called Markula. Okay. Uh, Moved to Brisbane as soon as I finished high school and started studying accounting and finance. My dad's a planner. Yeah. And I finished high school and I went, but what am I going to do? And then I just figured I've been listening to my dad talk about financial planning all my life. I'll head in that direction, but I'll start off with accounting, spent three years doing that so I started off with a double degree full time full time yeah uh, first semester in failed a couple of subjects which meant that I had to excellent yeah, yeah. As, as it happens uni life yeah uni life turned 18 you know not really being fully committed to something made it pretty easy to forget about Definitely. the uni stuff yeah um, yeah so I did that and then two years ago two and a half years ago well, it'd probably be three and a half years ago I decided that I wanted to get into full-time work. Um, I figured I could do uni part-time and... So did you, did you graduate? Hadn't graduated yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I switched my degree over to financial planning. Okay. Uh, I, I wanted to be a planner yeah. and I, I, there was a few different entry points into the industry. So my dad's a planner, so I, I, it wasn't going to be that hard for me to get an in. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'll do financial planning and then that'll guarantee me or to mean someone will hire me knowing that I'll eventually come into planning. Yeah. Uh, got a job with a planning business based down in Lutwich, North Brisbane. Okay. Just doing the power planning. So essentially just preparing all the paperwork and stuff for a planner yeah. to present to their clients. He goes, what are you doing? Switch back to accounting, do your financial planning diploma in four months instead of two years. Yeah. And you'll be good to go in five months and just do uni part-time. There's no rush on that. Uh, and that's the tune I took. And then two and a half years ago, an opportunity came to do mortgage broking. Uh, so I jumped on that and yeah. Yeah. Here I am. So you're still, still studying at the moment? Still studying. I've been doing literally a subject a semester for okay. the past two years. So you started off as a, started off accounting? Yep. And then changed to financial planning? Started off accounting and finance. Yep. And then switched to accounting and marketing. Yep then switched to marketing financial planning and switched back to accounting marketing. Yeah. So that's what you're on now at the moment? Accounting. That's what I'm on now. I've got two okay. subjects left and then done and dusted. Excellent. Yeah. So how long is that? When will you graduate from that? What, one more semester, so yeah. mid next year. Excellent. It's funny because it's, it's not even a priority yeah. for me at the moment. And that's what, just done all online? I still go to Griffith, yeah. so I still go on campus, um, go to classes when I can, get after-hours classes, otherwise sure. I act like it's online, just submit my assignments, go to the exams and just watch all the lectures online. Yeah. yeah. And how have you found that, the working and the uni, doing uni part-time, uh, working full-time? It's, it's hell if you're doing four subjects and working full-time. Yeah. It's, you're going to have a bad time. You're not going to have any balance. You're not going to find time for anything else but uni yeah. or work. Doing one subject is, it's, you know, five or six hours a week extra. Yeah. And I still have time for, you know, all the other stuff I love doing in life. Perfect. So what would you recommend that, that route for people? Doing the work full time, earn some money and then do uni part time? What's your, what's your thoughts on that? It depends on, depends on the industry. You know, my, my industry is, it's all kind of experience-based. Yep. Same with, you know, financial planning with what you do. You, you can get into the industry and start working before you have your degree. And, you know, down the line, employers are going to probably rate that higher yep. 
yeah. than someone who's got a, you know, spent four years at uni, got the best grades, but has no experience. So for certain degrees, I'd say, you know, do both. Yeah. Part-time uni, get into the industry that you want to get into and start working. For other degrees, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to uni. You've got no choice. Yeah. If you want to be a physio, you got to go to uni. Uh, accounting, you know, you could still jump in early. Most, most jobs you'll be able to most yeah you'll be able to jump in early so it's really up to the person i like the route that i took yeah but everyone's different and that that transition into leaving leaving uni so jumping back a little bit leaving uni and going into work full time you haven't found that you're happy happy with that decision yeah really happy yeah uh you know prior to that i was doing uni full time and working a you know a retail job on weekends so there really wasn't any kind of downtime and then you know, moving into full-time work, you get your weekends off. So straight away, there was yeah. two days a week that were, were free uh, just to do whatever I wanted. It was good. I liked it. Uh, yeah. And you, you touched on a little bit before, but your job at the moment. So mm-hmm. nine to five, yeah. kind of Monday to Friday work, going out and seeing clients, helping them buy the house. Yeah. You'd obviously, you said you like dealing with people. That That's the main driver. For you? I think so, yeah. It's, I mean, once you understand mortgages and how they work, the numbers aren't that complex. Yeah. It's really just getting that education that's key. So that's that's kind of fun doing that, but it gets pretty easy and straightforward after a while. So, yeah, for me, it's all about meeting new people, trying to build some sort of connection and trying to service the hell out of them, you know, to make it nice and easy for them. It's, yeah, I think moving forward that that's the focus if I can have someone doing all the back end stuff for me and I can just focus on the clients on the front end I think that's where I'm going to excel and you know where I'm going to give the most value to you know either my business down the line or the business that I work for at the moment yeah yeah. and what's your what's your game plan kind of moving forward you reckon you'll stay in in your current role or once you once you get your degree will that change things or degree will not change a thing graduating with a degree in accounting (laughs) I don't want to be an accountant yeah uh I plan on sticking where I am for a while. Uh, I've got a great mentor who really knows his stuff. Yeah. Pretty critical in our industry. There's not a lot of education that banks provide on how to do things the right way. Yeah. Um, so I found a mentor that I'm happy to, to stick with for a while. You know, scoping forward more than two years is pretty tough. I don't know okay. what I'll do past that. Eventually, I'll own my own business. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to take some of the risk off the table now. Definitely and not have the risk of owning your own business. Uh, so that I might touch on that, that key point of, of having a, a, a good mentor. Yeah. How have you, you obviously that's a big, big part of Huge. it. Huge. Would you, would you recommend that to other people, especially other young people starting out? 100%. Yeah. Uh, I've got a few friends that are graduating now and I've started taking a line at questioning with them because I'm a bit of a weirdo like that. Yeah. But anyways, goes, what are you looking for in your new job? They talk about money, you know, somewhere that, does the type of field they want to do and I've slowly started to work them into no 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 what you need is someone who's willing to teach you definitely um, and walking in there with a the mindset to learn because if you've got someone who's invested in you that's experienced and yeah. knows what knows what's going on and knows how to handle things and knows how to deal with you know unplanned events in your day to day you're going to learn so much quicker yeah. than everybody else and the job you're in now and the person you're working for was that a key key driver and you working for that person or yeah or was that just an added bonus that you found the right person uh no no i 
my boss is probably going to listen to this, but I, I, I tactically, I had a couple of offers yep. and I picked it mainly around the mentorship yeah, great. Um, and just seemed like really nice people, small family business. I didn't want to work for a franchise or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and it was, yeah, mentor was the number one thing prior to that. I was pretty much on my own. I was working for a guy. He offered no support. So the first year was just chaos. Yeah. You know, you're not knowing how to deal with situations and just running by. And how old were you at that stage when you first started? 22. 22. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty critical to have that kind of support, have that someone there telling you, supporting you, guiding you. 100%. I mean, at the same time, a good way to learn is to be thrown into the deep end. So I did that for a year and then I go, okay, now I need somebody who can show me the right way to do it. Yeah. Show me the right process to follow, how to manage the back end of stuff, how to, you know, how to generate good referral sources, how to, you know, deal with customers on the front end. I didn't really have any process. Yeah. So that was a big, a big kind of a thing, a big uh, checkbox that I needed to tick off. Definitely. Yeah. And working in the small business, you're probably exposed to a lot more than if you went, went and worked in a bank. Mm-hmm. sat there and just saw people kind of day in, day out. See, see a lot more from, from what needs to happen across the business. You do. Basically, in my field, you follow a, a file from when you see the client through to the loan settling. Yeah. And there's, you know, in a bank, there's probably 10 different people doing that same job. So if you go work in a bank, you might only see one part of that process stuck. for two years. You might get a promotion, but you, you, you're kind of in a dead end. Whereas if you do go work for a small business, you, you're going to see the whole thing. Definitely. You have to. They don't have the resources to only sit you in a specific role. Yeah. So I'm a huge advocate of small business. Um, I've never worked for a, a big institution, so I, I have no experience there. Yeah. There's probably some benefits. I'm sure there are. Uh, but I, I like the small business Excellent. route. So from a, from a financial perspective, obviously you're dealing with numbers, dealing with people's lives, dealing with people's dreams, obviously the Australian dream of buying a house. Yeah. What impact do you see money having on your life, your clients' lives, friends, family? What's your kind of, your view on, on money? It's all about control. So if they have control of their money and their goals around money yeah. and they, you know, those goals are based around what they want to do with their lives and they actively kind of work towards those goals, people are happy there's no issues there's nothing going on you know their money works for them it doesn't dictate them but when people have no control they don't understand you know what they're doing with their money you know what they're spending it on what they're saving for then it can become a pretty kind of scary week to week thing for people so for me it's all about control you know the added benefit like you of being in the finance industry you get a pretty you know, quick lesson on what control looks like in terms of a nice retirement or buying a house at 24. You see all the steps before you. So it's, it's hard to justify doing the wrong thing. But for a lot of people, they just don't get the education. They don't know uh, what to do or why they're doing it. So a lot of the time, money's, you know, a scary and stressful part of people's life. Definitely. And where do, you, where do you think that we're going wrong in, in that sense? Like, obviously, I see it in my world that that education is just not there mm-hmm. for young people and for old people as well. Like, we obviously deal with, with younger people here, but we also deal with some older clients. And it's you, the media and everyone kind of talks to young people, says, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They're spending money on coffees and avocados and all that type of thing. But 
you look at older people as well and they haven't got that education so it's where do you where would you see as the best best part to, to educate those people from from a younger age at high school university where do you where do you think are the best place definitely school yeah it needs to be a compulsory subject basic money management what did what did you learn at school from from a money perspective nothing anything absolutely zero. i did accounting i did business yeah i learned how to do equations that i haven't used <laughs> in school uh but i i learned nothing around you know a good budget yeah how much you need to buy a house you know why you know should you invest in stuff why would you yeah there needs to be just like a, a really brief foundational course on that. Like, should you take out a car loan? You know, or just what? What is a car loan? Like, yeah. How, how do you apply for a car loan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for for the older people, I don't know. It's it's pretty. I think they're kind of left out of any real national change that you want to implement. Yeah. Like it's the easiest place to do it would be school. Yeah. The hardest place to do it is going to, you know, older people. Their biggest asset is going to be finding a good planner or a good accountant that are willing to teach and aren't yeah. going to rip them off. And that's pretty hard to find. Definitely. Yeah. So what would you say money means to you? What's, what's your thoughts around that? Just the freedom to live your life the way you want to live it. You know, it it all comes back to control in a, in a weird way. If you yeah. if, if you if you budget well, if you you plan what you want to do, you don't buy stuff before you have the money, and and you live towards some sort of goal with money. It's a breeze. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's all about just understanding why I'm spending what I'm spending, how much it costs me just to live, and then you know planning towards future stuff. It's big one for me is buying a house. Yeah. Uh, it's so easy to do if you've got the discipline to save up. Uh, it's you know I see it every day, and it's probably probably that I guess. It's a weird question though. Definitely, everyone has a different understanding. For some people, it's more time than not, it's freedom. Other yep. people, it's um, options, choices. Okay. And for others, it's shit scared. Like they they hate the thought of money. They right. they've grown up in a house where they've never had it. No one's ever talked about it, so it's just a taboo subject and just the thought of even yeah. speaking to someone like myself about money or someone like you about money. Because more times than not, we're the, we're the first people that they've ever shown their bank accounts to or shown their savings accounts to outside of maybe their spouse. So or it's their, almost ignorance is yeah, what it means to them. 100%. But it, just, it doesn't cross their, yeah. their mind. Yeah. So you ask that question and it's the same same response you had. It's just it's a weird question because we never really get never really get asked it yeah yeah you never really get to define it it's, it's important yeah. i guess yeah definitely so i think you've pretty probably tip, ticked off a few tips already for for people wanting to get into the property market but mm-hmm. so controls controls a big one um and what do you what do you think about the social media obviously we're both quite young do you think that people our age are getting impacted by seeing things on social media and seeing the news and thinking oh I want to get in the property market, but I can't. It's too expensive. People are buying these things and they want to keep up a certain lifestyle. So you got any thoughts around that? I think social media is poison. <laughs> yeah, Frank Anta. I I've pretty much absolved all of it just yeah. because it's so it just breeds insecurity. You know, and that often leads to compulsive buying behaviour, buying the new clothes, buying all the stuff that you want. Yeah. Uh, and you know, biased agendas out of people uh, it's it's 
Yeah, I, I don't think it's a great thing. I, I'm not sure if it has any impact on getting into the property market. Yeah. Other than just a, it, it's tempting, you know, all the marketing that comes in. You, yeah. It's really hard to not buy stuff. And if you want to save for a house quickly, you need to get your budget sorted and yeah. really stick to it. And, you know, most people spend three to four hours a day on social media with advertising just yeah. in their face. So it's it's probably setting a lot of people on the back foot, especially because they don't have an understanding of, you know, how possible it is yeah. to purchase a property. Uh, so they, they buy all this stuff and, you know, yeah. I, I see it a lot of times is they compare themselves to other people. So they say, oh, well, my, I want to buy a property because my friend bought a property and, and they're a year younger than me. I yeah. earn more money than them, um, this, this, this. I saw them on social media. They go on holiday every two years and they bought a property. And my response to that is, well, you don't know their bank account situation. You don't right. know if that's all on credit card or that's a personal You have life. no idea. You have no idea. So, they're trying to judge it on face value and they're trying to compare yourself to other people. You're trying to judge the best of what people have and it might be artificial. Like, there's a lot of people making good money on Instagram by pretending to be somebody they're not. 100%. So, it's, it's evil. It really yeah. is. Uh, my suggestion to people and what I plan on doing is just cutting it off switch it off altogether yeah, yeah but um, yeah I guess that's my take on it yeah yeah any um, any final tips that you can leave leave people with any bits of words of, words of wisdom for people wanting to buy their first property or get into the property market go see a professional yeah uh, I'd, I'd suggest a planner like yourself if, if you don't know how to budget and you, do, you have no control of your finances, what you're doing, the way you structure your advice is beautiful. Yeah. People need to come see you, get their budget sorted. And then once they've got that sorted, I'd suggest they see a mortgage broker. Not because I'm a broker, uh, just purely because if you go to a bank, you're stuck with that one bank. And you know you might have a weird job or you might have overtime income or you might not have a big enough deposit for that bank, yeah. but there's six other banks that will gladly lend you money. So. Seeing a good broker that's willing to educate you, you know, you've got 40 options instead of one. I think that that's a really good point, the, the fact that they are there to work for you and not the other way around. Yes. As a, as a broker, they're, they're going to do the work for you and try and find you the best deal. Yeah. There's there's usually zero conflict yeah. with most brokers. You know, we, we find the bank that works for you. We don't try and upsell you on anything. We, we get you the loan you need. Uh, whereas if you go into a bank, their KPIs... You know, the, what their value is based on in that job is around upselling. You know, yeah. do you want insurance? Do you want this? Do you want that? Uh, so a good broker, a good planner, uh, and I guess a good accountant, you know, if, if you're self-employed, yeah. pretty important. Definitely. Um, but I mean, the final tip is just to start thinking about it consciously. Don't just breeze through life thinking it's going to be okay. Um, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm sure you know the stat better than me but isn't it something like you know 85 90% of people aren't going to retire with any sort of superannuation yeah something something scary like that yeah so start thinking about it now and speak to somebody that can help you uh, and just put a plan in place so that you can bring back that control definitely excellent all right thanks very much that was very informative and obviously, no you mentioned you're not on social media, but where's the best place that if someone wants to get in contact or get some more information from we've, you? We've, of course, got a social media page for our business. Yeah. Uh, work for Davies Home Loans, Facebook, that if you're in the Gold Coast region. Yeah. Uh, or just get in contact with Ross, and I'm <laughs> sure he'll be able to point you towards yeah. 
what I do. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show and yeah, very informative. Thank you, Ross. Pleasure. Cheers, mate.